Ali Bally's Weekly Wheels. Hello, I'm Ali Bally. And I'm co-driver Lorraine. On this edition of Weekly Wheels, do you drive a colourful car? In fact, what is Britain's favourite colour? Find out soon. And we've both been driving the Kia Stinger. And is there an age that you should give up driving? That's a topical question and we'll be asking you. This is Ali Bally's Weekly Wheels. The car we've been test driving for you is the Stinger from Kia. Looks stunning, Ali. A real presence on the road. It's a really, real head turner. The reaction from others was, what's that? And when you told them it was a Kia, there was this surprise. And I always found a bit of a smile as well because people... Oh, that really is nice, isn't it? Certainly is. I think it's the best-looking car in the Kia stable, without a doubt. And one of the top three cars on the road today with its long, low bonnet, which has really sporty-looking air intakes on the top as well. 18-inch alloys we had on the one that we were driving. And on the rear, four exhaust pipes and a neat spoiler as well, giving Definitely. it that really sporty look. The Stinger is available with a choice of two petrol and one diesel engine with an eight-speed automatic gearbox. The 3.3-litre version is capable of 168 miles per hour. Now, I didn't try, Ali, <laughs> but we had the two-litre car on test for a week and I think we both agreed it was an able performer and didn't oh, want to give it back. Yeah, did not want to give it back at all. No, that you're so correct there. Um, not to 60 in 5.8 seconds. <laughs> and yes, I did try it. Uh, great on all roads we had it on the the motorway we had it on country roads twisty country roads very very smooth drive combined expect 35.8 miles per gallon on average depending upon how you drive it Lorraine that's pretty good why are you looking at me like that because you've got a heavy foot <laughs> and we got nowhere near 35.8 <laughs> The benefits of this long car continue on the inside as well with lots of leg and lots of headroom for four adults and a big boot if you require that as well with 405 litres of space. It won the Executive Car of the Year at the Scottish Car of the Year Awards last November, sweeping aside other other prestige makes such as Jaguar and Audis. Yeah, I think there was lots of surprises, but not to those who'd driven it. No. That was the whole thing. No. And of course, it, it went forward to be judged as the overall car of the year. It got our two votes, it didn't it? Did. But it just not did. enough because no. uh, the, the Jaguar um, E-Pace beat it to it. I-Pace, sorry. I-Pace, the I-Pace yes. beat it to it. But the they Stinger... They were robbed. Stinger was robbed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Stinger has many uh, things a standard that would cost you an arm and a leg and some of these other prestige makes that you were thinking about. So, for example... Heated electric seats and steering wheel, which is great in the winter. Leather trim, cruise control, sat-nav and a great nine-speaker sound system. Absolutely fabulous. And they haven't cut back on safety either, Ali. They've got lane-keeping assist, high-beam assist, driver attention warning, autonomous emergency braking and an active bonnet that lifts slightly to reduce impact if contact's made with a pedestrian. It's really good stuff. Very good indeed. Prices start at just over £32,000, although Kia have an offer on at the moment which brings it just under £30,000. The car we drove was the Kia Stinger 2-litre TGDI GT Line S. Insurance Group 32 and a benefit in kind rating of 37%. But don't forget that seven-year warranty. 
and a, or a hundred thousand miles. It's just fabulous. It's fabulous warranty. So um, we agree. <laughs> we agree on something very unusual. We agree on a car, a fabulous car. Well done, uh, Kia. And talking of Kia, uh, they've just sold their one millionth car, which really? is absolutely a fabulous. Million. A million car, and it has gone. <laughs> to someone in Scotland. Really? Yeah, so we're going to find out more about it now. Because joining us is Steve Kitson. He's Director of Corporate Communications with Kia. Uh, Steve, welcome to this edition of the podcast, Looking at Motoring, and it seems we'll be looking at Kia today, certainly. Um, let's just go back to the stinger, Steve, because that's one car that you couldn't have been surprised, really, about the reaction uh, to that to the car from the public, because it is a stunning-looking car. Well, thank you, both of you for having me along. It's a delight to talk to you. And yes, we we were um, confident that Stinger would certainly appeal to those who are not uh, wedded to one particular brand or another. Uh, it was uh, a long time coming. We we first showed the original concept of the car some years ago um, at the Frankfurt Motor Show, but um, we had to wait for the right time. The brand had to move forward. Uh, there's no point trying to go into that kind of market when all you're known for is the Picanto, for example. Mm. Um, but no, it's been, it's been a great car for us. Uh, the people who have bought it, the customers who've come to us and taken that plunge uh, are certainly equally keen about it to, to the way you guys have, have described your drive with it. Yeah, it's, it's one that we won't forget, is it? I mean, it was, it's, it was, we can't talk about it highly enough. And if you haven't seen the car, get on there and look at some photographs or go and see it for real. Absolutely superb. Um, yeah. Now, you're talking also about delivering your one millionth car. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, well, we're, again, we're very proud uh, of that. We, we uh, imported our first car to the UK in 1991. Um, we sold just around 1,700 that first year. That was the original Pride. Um, and since then, we've, we've grown steadily, uh, but we've grown by attracting customers, by introducing the seven-year warranty, which uh, I don't think anybody yet matches in the UK. Um, we've grown our network. We've got loyal customers up and down the country. Um, and we've uh, really seen our, our sales take off, um, certainly in about the last five or six years, um, when we've, we've had record sales every year. Last year, in 2018, uh, we sold just over 95,000 cars in the UK. Not bad since 1991. You must be very proud. Um, we're, we're delighted. We're, we're proud. We're pleased. Um, but we've done it in partnership with our dealer network, and, and we've done it by um, giving customers what they want. At the, at the heart of the success that we've enjoyed and that we, that we are delighted to have um, is the fact that, you know, first and foremost, we, we don't want to sell um, the wrong car to the wrong person. Uh, our dealers and our, our uh, head office people um, work constantly to make sure that we are um, we've got the right cars for, the, for, for people who want to come to us. We've got the right range. We try very hard to keep our pricing um, sensible. We're, we're not cheap and cheerful any longer the way that we used to be 20 years ago. Um, but, you know, we try to give people 
good value and we try to give them stylish, modern, well-specified cars um, that make sense for them. Mm. And, and it's also congratulations to Dr. Fergus Duncan because he became the proud owner of the one millionth car. He bought it through the Fleer & Thompson dealership in Dunfermline. So it's congratulations to him uh, helping to, to mark the one million car mark. Where do, you, where do you go from here now? What's in store for 2019 and beyond, Steve? Well, Ali, um, you know, yes, Dr. Uh, Fergus asked me that when I met him, when, when we went up to hand over the car to him. Um, you know, he, he's a loyal customer who's been with us since 2004. Um, but, uh, and, and he was buying a Sportage. And Sportage remains a very important car in our lineup. It's our biggest selling car. Um, but really, the focus of our next stage, and we we have every intention of setting another new sales record this year, is the Seed family. Seed, as you may know, but perhaps not all of your listeners do, is our European-designed, engineered, and built car. It's built in uh, the Slovak Republic. Um, it's uh, built in a, a state-of-the-art factory. Um, and, you know, there's a five-door version, there's an estate car wagon. Um, we are just launching a shooting brake. It's the first time that uh, a shooting brake has ever been in this category of the market. Um, there are some shooting brakes in amongst the prestige brands higher up the marketplace, but um, in, in uh, what's known as the D segment, there's a uh, C segment rather, um, there's never been a shooting brake um, in the UK for uh, before. So we're excited about that. And there is another version of Seed to come uh, later in the year. But perhaps one of the most uh, remarkable um, aspects of what we're doing this year is launching our battery electric Nero. We've had Nero in the range uh, for a few years now as a hybrid and a plug-in hybrid, but we have um, just announced that as from the start of April, we'll be selling e-Nero, as we're calling it. Mm. Um, it's got uh, a range of 282 miles minimum between charges. If you're driving in town, you'll get even more of that because we can recapture energy from braking. Um, but hopefully, this is a car that is going to dispel uh, what's called range anxiety amongst people considering electric cars. 282 miles is a long old way. Well, it isn't bad, is it? Yeah, 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 it's very Tremendous. good. Yeah. So do, do, yeah. you, do you share worries that, um, that are in going around at the moment as to what will happen? We don't quite know what's going to happen with Brexit, etc. The car industry seems to be a bit of doom and gloom with some manufacturers at the moment. Um, is that shared by you? Well, we're, we're always concerned, like the rest of the industry, um, to plan and to build. We need stability. We need certainty. So, of course, we're, we're unsure just what the next few weeks are going to bring. Um, I don't want to get too involved in that because that's a job for politicians, <laughs> not for, for car people. Um, you know, but I think we, we'd all like to know where we're going. Um, you know, we have cars that come in from Korea. They will still come. We have cars that will be coming in from Slovakia. They will still come. We've got to work very hard to try and make sure that 
um, Brexit doesn't mean increasing prices. That's something that we want to try and avoid. Um, but if tariffs uh, uh, are, are implemented, there's nothing we can do about that. It will cost us 10% more to bring the cows in. Um, but really, um, we, do, we don't think... Um, that we've got too much to worry about because last year, as I said, we we set a new record of 95,000 cars. Mm. We were 4% up in a market that was down 7%. So our customers do seem to trust us and believe in what we're doing, and we're very grateful for that trust. Now, of course, um, ordinary people anxious about their money, about the, the value of their uh, their pound, um, may well get a bit more anxious yep. as, as we get closer to leaving. But currently, there's no sign of that. Um, people still need to buy cars, still want to have that new metal on the driveway. They, they love it. It's an important part of, of uh, where they are in life. And um, we're not seeing any sign that people are moving away from buying cars. Um, and, and we hope that that will continue. Steve, you triggered a fine memory for me there with that factory in Slovakia. <laughs> I said to Ali when I came back, I could have eaten my dinner off the floor in that factory. It was so spotlessly clean and really, really fascinating. Well, the the, the engineers there, um, I, I've said that in, in the past to them, you know, it's so clean in here that you could eat dinner off the floor. <laughs> and they've said, no, you couldn't because that would make it dirty. <laughs> uh, um but they are they are very proud of the of their factory. It's you know uh, producing about three hundred and twenty five thousand cars a year. Um, you know it, it's been a significant uh, factor in our growth over the last decade. Um, you know I was fortunate enough to go out there when uh, the factory was being opened. I helped. Um, the official opening event, and uh, it was a great privilege to be there. Um, it has delivered real success for us because it means that we've we've reduced the time to get cars from the factory to customers. Um, it's where we build our sportage. It's where we build the seed family, and these are cars that are right for the whole of Europe. Um, so it, it it is a tremendous facility, and the people working there are so proud of it. Um, they're they're so enthusiastic, you know. This is they a were, former, uh, com yeah. It's a former communist country. Um, with the fall of communism, a lot of them faced uh, unemployment because Slovakia used to be um, a, a, a weapons and arms manufacturing base for for the old communist regime. Um, so it was very important for them to have an opportunity. So to work for Kia, to build cars that are shipping across Europe, they are very proud of it, and it shows. Steve, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. We'll let you get back to um, a little bit of the sunshine in Barcelona on the, the seed launch at the moment. Is the sun shining for you? It is indeed, yeah. We're having a good time launching the proceed shooting break, and um, we've got plenty of journalists here with us, and I think they're all enjoying a bit of sunshine too. Excellent, Steve. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, it's my absolute pleasure. All the very best. This 
is Ali Bally's Weekly Wheels. Now, my co-driver Lorraine has a thing about coloured cars or silver-coloured cars. I do, I do. I'm just having a quick look at the top ten colours of cars for 2018 and I'm so glad to report that silver has dropped out of the top five. It's going down. (laughs) I just think it's so... Lazy. Just don't don't give it a colour at all. You know, we wouldn't bother giving that car a colour. We'll just call it silver. Sorry, right. she's had this rant for uh, years about silver cars. Awful, it really is. Anyway, the fifth fifth more popular colour is red, and then four is blue. Now these are the primary colours that are normally up there in the top. Three is white. I remember you buying a white Audi when white was the in car to is have. It? Yes, that's gone as well. Now black was up there last year as the top, but it's been pipped at the post by. Go on then, tell me. Grey. Great. well done. Grey, yes. Yeah, grey is now the most popular car in the UK. So Black was the year before. So it it's, was, it's, yes. It's, it's dropped down. But it's quite important, Ali, because I think that um, exactly the same cars look different in different colours. Um, for example, the Range Rover Evoque. Now, if you have one in white and one in, say, red and black, they look like completely different cars and are attracted to different people, you know? I think sometimes white can look a wee bit girly, whereas the other colours don't, so... Different cars look better in different colours. Okay. So if you've got a grey car, you're in fashion. Uh, one thing that's been in fashion over the last few weeks is how old should you be when you're driving? I mean, is there an age that you should say, that's it, the Duke of Edinburgh's car crash has sparked this debate over the laws on elderly drivers? The prince is now 97 years old. So, is it time he took a back seat? And indeed, is it time for anybody who's over 95 or even 90, some people have been saying, to say that's it? Well, royal commentator Alistair Bruce says Prince Philip is unlikely to change his habits. Anybody who's 97 will be shaken by an event like that. Anybody would be. But I think age makes those moments rather more dramatic. But you've got to remember the Duke of Edinburgh served through the Second World War. He was present when the Japanese signed their surrender in 1945. This is a man who has been in the business of physical action all his life. And the fact that he got out of the car after what must have been a terrible impact and was able to walk away, it just shows what he's been made of. It's his generation. Now, the rule in the UK is that our driving licences expire when we turn 70, but you can renew them by completing a self-assessment form. Edmund King, who is president of the AA, says there's already safeguards in place for elderly drivers. For many elderly people, driving is their lifeline. It gives them their mobility, it gives them their independence. It means that they can visit friends, they can uh, visit their family. Uh, my mother recently had had to give up her keys and, you know, she hates it. So it, it, it does affect people's lives. But what you tend to find with a lot of older drivers, when they know they're not as fit as they were when they were young, they self-regulate. So they won't drive at night, they'll only drive on local roads that they know, and they won't drive at high speeds on, on motorways, so they self-regulate to, to ma- maintain their safety. But it is difficult because there are some drivers who continue driving when they shouldn't, and I think that's where you know, we would like to see more interventions from GPs, from the family, to a- actually put pressure on the individual. 
The other thing you can do, you can get your driving appraised. You can go to a driving school. There are quite a few courses. And one other thing we would like to see, at the age of 70, when you renew your licence, and then you have to renew it every three years with a medical declaration, we'd certainly like to see that you prove that you've had an eye test so that your eyesight is actually good enough to drive. And that was a recommendation put through by the Older Drivers Task Force about two years ago. And apparently government are looking at that recommendation. Edmund King, president of the Automobile Association. What's your thoughts then? It's not just having confidence in your driving, though, because some people have the confidence, but not the competence. So I don't think it should be mandatory, but I think uh, the eye test should be mandatory, but I think there should be some kind of um, reaction test because people's reactions do slow down as they get older. And what happened to the Duke was he came out, it was a low sun, whatever, but had he been younger, his reaction time might have been a bit quicker. So it's the reaction time for me that's the absolute ground of it. Right, but you yeah. you don't agree with this one age for... No, I don't. Uh, no, no I, I know somebody who's an excellent driver as far as, far as I am aware, and he's 92. He's doing, he's doing great. Very competent, very confident as well. But... Um, I might be changing my mind once I get to that age, but um, well, yeah. Yeah, as, as we're creeping up there, we think no, I don't want. I don't. I think everybody's different. Yeah, everybody's different. But it's the it's definitely having confidence and competence. Mm. And it's good actually that it's brought out and people are talking about it. That's yes. that's a good. That's it. That's all the time we've got to talk about with this week's podcast. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Do remember and share and like and all that stuff as well. I'm Ali Bally. I'm Lorraine. Thank you very much indeed. Bye bye now. Ali Bally's Weekly Wheels podcast. Like, share and subscribe.